This is Igris. We are looking at letters that have to do with Kiddush. Kiddush specifically between the hours of six and seven. Uh, these are not letters that are from exactly 50 years ago. This is a special topic. And last time we talked about uh, we talked about the mucker, right? So uh, we, let me just find where we are. We talked about the origins of the minig. We talked about its place in Allah, how exactly the minig is to be practiced. We saw Gemara. I have the page in front of you for those of you following on the screen. We saw a Gemara that's concerned about Mazel Madim, that's Mars, and we saw that there are seven planets, Rashi explains this, there are seven planets or stars or moons or whatever you want to call them that God placed in a cycle on the hour, every hour to rule over the skies starting on Wednesday, which was the day that he created the sun, moon, and stars. So that order from the beginning of the fourth day of creation is Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, and then the moon, and then it goes back again to Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mercury, Moon, and you just keep on going. The cycle repeats forever. If you follow that from the beginning of Wednesday and you reach Friday, you will find that six after six hours after midday, it is Mazel Madim. It is time for Mars to be in charge for exactly one hour, six hours after midday on Friday. And since the Gemara is concerned about Mars, as we saw, we're not supposed to bloodlet on times that Mars is dominant. Since the Gemara is generally concerned about Mars, we are generally concerned about making Kiddush during that period of time. We asked why we saw an Eilish Shabbos. I'm scrolling down so you can take a look at it again, refresh your memory. We saw an Eilish Shabbos that says that there are two Malachim, two angels that escort us home on Shabbos. That's not an Eilish Shabbos, that's a Gemara. But it says, as for those two angels, who are the two angels who escort us home on Shabbos? Those are Malachim that are associated with Jupiter and Mars, respectively. The Jupiter angel, which is Tzadkiel, he wants to give us a bracha, and the Mars angel, which is the Satan, the Samach Mem, uh, obviously does not want to give us a bracha, but he's sort of forced to say Amen. As says the Ayla Shabbos, he's only forced to say Amen when it's not his time. If Jupiter is dominant, so it's Adkiel's moment, and we're before six o'clock, uh, we make Kiddush, Tzadkiel says, give him a bracha, and Samach Mem says, Amen. But if it happens to be the Mars time, when Samach Mem is in charge, it doesn't work that way. Maybe Mars is dominant, so maybe it can't be forced to say Amen. Maybe it can even, Rachman al-Litzlan, issue the opposite of a bracha. So it's dangerous to make Kiddush during a period of time where that second angel, the one associated with Mars, would be able to not give us a bracha or not agree to Tzadkiel's bracha. Uh, we saw that the concern about Kiddush uh, between 6 and 7 is uh, is... Not in Shulchan Aruch. Let's scroll down a little bit. We saw that it's not in Shulchan Aruch. It's not in Mechabed, not in Ramah. We did see that it's in the Magan of Ram. Uh, and we quoted the Magan of Ram, we read it together. We saw there's an Aruch HaShulchan that doesn't take it very seriously. The Aruch HaShulchan quotes the Magan of Ram and says, I don't really understand what he's talking about. Ain Mazel Yisrael. We're not worried about constellations in general. Why would, we, why would we be worried about these constellations? And he pushes away the Magan of Ram. He thinks the entire thing is rather silly. But we saw, and this is crucial for us, that we don't think it's rather silly. We have the Al-Tadeb. The Al-Tadeb brings the Magan of Ram and, uh, and says, Yesh Nizharan. He doesn't bring it as a din. He brings it as a Yesh Nizharan, which sounds like it's a minig. Uh, but he brings the minig as something to be careful about. That some people are careful not to make Kiddush during the hours of six and seven because of uh, the same reasoning brought by the Magan of Ram and the one that we saw in the Edel Shabbos, Madim Samael, our Moshel at that time. We then clarified through several letters from the Rebbe that the minig is not to make Kiddush between 6 and 7 p.m. always, that the time does not change, that it's not Shalizmanius, that the hours are not funny, that the minutes are not funny. It's always from 6 to 7 p.m. with a couple exceptions. Rule number one, in New York, that's actually 5.56 to 6.56 because in the 1800s, New York decided to set all of their watches back four minutes so that trains wouldn't crash into each other in Philadelphia. And because of that, the actual time in New York right now, it says 12.40 on my screen, but actually it's 12.36, or maybe that's the, maybe I got it backwards. Maybe this was four minutes forward. In any event, you know how time works. Um, in New York, when it is actually mid, when it's actually midnight, it is when it's when the clock says midnight, it's actually eleven fifty-six. When the clock says six, it's actually five fifty-six. And right, and therefore, right now, when it's actually twelve forty p.m. on the clock, that means it's actually twelve thirty-six. 
just fun fact about New York. We're off by four minutes and we know it. So here it's always going to be 556 to 656. There's nothing funny happening here. You don't have to do any calculations or check as monim chart. It will always be 556 to 656 to 656 with one important exception. And that is during daylight savings. When daylight savings is in effect, it will be from seven to eight because we again, artificially change our clocks even though time itself is not changing. And New York, that would be 656 to 756. We saw several letters from the Rebbe demonstrating that this is how to do things. We read them all last time. We're not going to read them again. Uh, now we're starting part two. In part two, we want to talk about the various heterim that are available uh, and non-heterim, heterim people want to use to get out of this minig get around this minig. We're going to talk about what works, about what doesn't work, and how to use it in our homes and in our lives. But before we do the stuff I have on the page, I wanted to say something about white wine and challah. Uh, something that comes up often. I have no sources on the page for whether you can, uh, I have no sources on our page for whether you can make kiddish during six, between six and seven on white wine instead of red wine or on challah instead of wine. And the reason why I have no sources on the page is because no sources exist. As far as I can tell, there's no source for this minute. There is a, a one Pesach somewhere who one time suggested challah as a possible substitute, but it's not Niskabel. Uh, the idea that you might have heard that is a very popular rumor that somehow it makes the minig better or different if it's on white wine or challah is, uh, is, is as far as I can tell, made up. Uh, and the reason why is because the minig has nothing to do with kiddush. The minig has nothing to do, excuse me, the minig has nothing to do with wine. The minig is entirely tied to kiddush. If you look back in Shulchan Aruch, you look back in the Magad Avram and the Al-Tadeva, no one ever says you can't drink wine uh, or you can't make kiddush on wine during this period of time, the problem seems to be that these malachim are able to, uh, these malachim, these planets, are able to get involved with us if we make Kiddush specifically, the words of Kiddush, during 6 and 7 p.m. So it has nothing to do with the wine color. It probably has nothing to do <clears throat> with the wine, with the Kiddush material. Uh, it would be the same problem would apply if you made Kiddush on challah. The same problem, problem would apply if you made Kiddush on white wine. Uh, it's noteworthy based on this that you don't really have to be careful to drink the wine before six o'clock because there's no problem with drinking red wine between six and seven. So uh, I had that happen at my Shabbos table this week. My wife asked this question is that uh, is that I made Kiddush at like 655, like we were or 555, excuse me. We were uh, we were close right before the time that uh, that would have been a problem, according to Mazel Madim. So we made Kiddush like a minute before that. And then uh, by the time I was done handing out the wine to all the kids, who complained that they didn't get enough wine or want more wine or want grape juice. By the time the kids got it, they would have been drinking well into the sixth hour. My wife said, is that a problem? I said, absolutely not. The whole problem is the Kiddush, not the drinking the wine. They heard Kiddush, it's over. Uh, another question that we can answer with this is one that I've heard asked before. <clears throat> at Fabrengens and such, people ask why we don't worry about drinking wine on, on other days of the week when Mazel Madim is dominant. Why don't we worry about drinking wine during the meal? You know, after I make Kiddush, why, why don't I worry about drinking wine in the middle of my Suda if I'm between six and seven? And the answer once again is, is because this has nothing to do with wine and everything to do with Kiddush. Okay. That having been said, let's look at, uh, let's look at what we're actually covering today, which is a mixture of letters and piske dinim regarding the leniencies we can use to get around the six to seven, uh, the six to seven issue, the six to seven minute. Uh, you're going to see in these letters from the Rebbe two overall re reasons to be lenient, two reasons you could use to be lenient about making uh, Kiddush between six and seven. One of them is, one of them is that a person who keeps mitzvahs will not know evil. It's a pasuk, and uh, we generally hold that if somebody's in the middle of doing a mitzvah, they can't be harmed by anything, much less by mazel madim. Now, there is a mitzvah of making Kiddush. There's uh, mitzvahs involved in the Shabbos Suda. Lechera, you could get around the entire problem by saying, I'm doing a mitzvah. Nothing can hurt me when I'm in the middle of doing a mitzvah. There's another excuse we're going to see, which is Shemip Sayim. 
Shanapasayim is a slightly insulting excuse that we use quite often, which means that God protects simpletons. Simple people, people who aren't too bright, God takes care of them. When people in general aren't careful about something, God protects the people who aren't smart enough to know that they should be careful. So we have these two ideas that Ebba is going to use both of them in explaining some leniencies for the uh, for making Kiddush between six and seven. And most of these leniencies appear in a series of letters that Ebba wrote about the Minigin Eretz Yisrael. Apparently, there was a long-standing Minigin in Eretz Yisrael not to be careful about this. The Minig was to be careful in America, but not in Eretz Yisrael. In the earliest letters that we have from the Rebbe about this, the Rebbe is shocked that this Minig exists and isn't sure it's reliable. So we have a letter from Igris Kedesh of Chelik Yud Beis. You'll find it on page 226. It's on your screen. The Rebbe writes, You write to me that we are not worried, that, 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 that we don't worry about not making Kiddush between 6 and 7 in Eretz Yisrael. The idea, the idea, says certainly you will let me know the reasons of the people who are not worried about this and you'll let me know whether they are reliable people so the Rebbe says uh, let, look if you have some source I'm not aware of please let me know but I'm not aware of any reason why in Eretz Yisrael they wouldn't worry about this Eretz Yisrael is no different than anywhere else when it comes to the concerns of Mazel Madim. so the Rebbe first of all sounds surprised that this minute exists and sounds like he would like to hear some sources and whether these sources are reliable we have another letter. This is from Chelik Yud Gimel. This was from a year later. The page for that is Kuf Chaf. These letters are in a slightly different format on your screen because they're taken directly from Shulchan Menachem, which I would like to make a pitch for again. In certain areas like this, when we're dealing with Halacha and the Rebbe's letters on Halacha, there is no better collation than, uh, than Shulchan Menachem. Okay. That which you wrote to me, says the Rebbe, that they're not careful about not making Kiddush between six and seven. In Eretz Yisrael, if this is in fact a minig mekubal, notice the Rebbe's lashon. He's not sure it is. He says if this is in fact the established custom, and he's not sure that it is. Yeshlema, the Rebbe says, if that's the case, I can think of the reason why they didn't accept this custom in the first place. First of all, in the Alta Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, it says Yesh Nizharim, that only some people are careful. People should be making Kiddush immediately. We talked about this last time. Even though sometimes the two times two intersect, sometimes they don't. The reason why some people didn't take on this Minig, people did not take on this Minig, said the Rebbe, because they are assuming that that somebody who keeps mitzvahs will not know any sort of evil thing, that mitzvahs protect us. So the Rebbe makes a limud schos on those in Eretz Yisrael who are not careful about this minig, saying that they presumably are doing it in order to keep the mitzvah of Kiddush, specifically in order to do the mitzvah of making Kiddush immediately when they come home from Shul. And since that is a special mitzvah to make Kiddush immediately when you come home from Shul, you can make the argument that that mitzvah protects them. And it's impossible to do both of those things at the same time. You can't when you come home from shul, if you come home from shul exactly at six o'clock, you now have you now have a choice. You're going to do the mitzvah of making kiddush immediately, or are you going to wait an hour? So the Rebbe says they might be saying to themselves that I'm going to choose the mitzvah of making kiddush immediately, and since I'm doing a mitzvah, that's going to put me right into Mazel Madim's face. I'm going to be right under Mars, and I don't have to worry about that because when a person is doing a mitzvah and they have no other choice but to encounter a mazel that wouldn't be good for them, they're protected from that mazel. This is the Rebbe's limud schos. This is not the Rebbe giving a hetter, but this is the Rebbe's limud schos on what is happening in Eretz Yisrael is maybe they're so careful about making Kiddush as soon as they come home that they end up uh, they end up relying on the mitzvah to protect them from the issue of Mazel Matim. We have one more letter to look at. This is from Chafhei, Tamuz of Tavshin Chafhei. 
and it's uh, in the Igras Kedish Miluim. I think they I think they ultimately, after the printing of this Shulchan Aruch, put it in a regular volume of Igras. But the Rebbe says this: Rabin, This is the end of a letter. I'm only showing you the last line of it because it's all we need for this purpose. Uh, this is something that is uh, when it comes to all things that people that people stomp on with their heels. When it comes to all things that people generally don't take seriously, including this minig. We can say that in any place where the minig is not active, that Hashem protects. Fools, Hashem protects simple people. So we see here the two major heterim that, the, that we have to get out of the six and seven are sort of being uh, bandered around by the Rebbe. The Rebbe is introducing the idea that maybe in Eretz Yisrael they don't have to keep it because mitzvahs protect them. Maybe in Eretz Yisrael they don't have to keep it because they are simpletons and Shem Psaim Hashem and God protects simple people. But you certainly don't see the Rebbe happy with the fact that they're not keeping it. I went and looked among Chabad Poskim. As far as I can tell, uh, all Chabad Poskim say that this should be kept in Eretz Yisrael the same way it's kept in America. There might be a couple who don't, but that's certainly the majority position. So uh, as a bottom line, in Eretz Yisrael, the minig would not be any different than it is in America. And you can see the Rebbe's discomfort with the idea that there might be a difference in Eretz Yisrael over this minig. The Rebbe does work with it, but he clearly is uncomfortable with it. And probably based on that, Chabad Rabbanim generally say that in Eretz Yisrael, you should be careful. So now let's talk about what to do with guests, what to do with Shalom Bayis, what to do with small children. We're going to try to end on time. I think we will. But if we go over five minutes, please forgive me. Talk about guests first, because we have straight up letters about this from the Rebbe. There's something called Lekutim Maharich. The Maharich died in the in the 1920s. So a uh, an Akhren, but not 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 a very recent Akhren. He is the source for the idea that we might be able to be lenient when it comes to guests. He writes, uh, I pulled this out of someone else's Shailas and Chuba, so it's not his exact words. It was very hard to find But he says that we can be matter when it comes for Torah Mitzvah, and Achnasis Urchim is a mitzvah. So uh, having guests in your home is a mitzvah. And in order to not inconvenience the guests, he says you can make Kiddush between six and seven in order to protect the mitzvah of Achnasas Urchim. And uh, he says there that Stavka Urchim Aniyim, this only applies to poor, uh, to poor guests, guests who are impoverished. But at the same time, a lot of other poskim have brought this le'alacha, brought this into their own shulvas to say that when it comes to guests, we can be lenient because there is a mitzvah of hachnas And as we saw earlier, first of all, if we're doing a mitzvah, shem we don't have to worry about mazalas if we're in the middle of doing a mitzvah. There is a mitzvah of hachnas The mitzvah of hachnas might get in the way of our minig to keep six to seven. And if it's a mitzvah versus a minig, you know who wins. The problem with this is that we have a letter from the Rebbe that very explicitly says the opposite. So we have no choice but to pass in like the Rebbe. The Rebbe does not believe Believe by any means that we should uh, that we should push off this minig when we have guests. Uh, so the Rebbe writes in this letter. This letter is oh no, I don't have the source. It's an Igra somewhere. You'll find it in Shulchan Menachem. It says Sham there, and I don't remember what letter was before. Okay. Lechera says the Rebbe. And in answer to your question, that you have a guest. And that's your question. You have a guest, and you want to make kiddush kanal. The achnas zarechim bevadim edaraisa. Achnas zarechim is certainly daraisa. And shem emitz liyada cholu. The reasoning that had been sent to the rebbe was, can't I make kiddush between six and seven when I have guests? Because guests are daraisa. Having guests is daraisa, and uh, and I'll be protected by the mitzvah uh, from any mazal. And this is a minig. The rebbe writes back, avab emesainer. No, can't do it. Doesn't work. Let's talk about your guest. What mitzvah is a guest doing? So a guest comes to your house. You're doing a big mitzvah. You have a guest. What mitzvah is the guest doing? No mitzvah at all. So what protection does the guest have from Mars? And the answer is none at all. Therefore, we don't have any place for the for, for the protection, for the guarantee of somebody keeping a mitzvah, not encountering any evil. We have a problem, is that you might be safe, but your guest is not going to be safe. And then the Rebbe adds on the end, and therefore, since your guest isn't safe, you're also not safe. 
So Mikhailah having this is easy to understand. There's a footnote here that says from the Shulchan Menachem, just to understand this letter, which is with the Lashon of the Rebbe, is a little difficult to unpack. I want to read this footnote. It says, What's the whole reason I'm rushing Kiddush? It's for my, uh, and putting it between six and seven, it's for my guest. And since doing that will hurt my guests, what kind of mitzvah is it to welcome guests into your home and hurt them? So if we're worried about this causing a negative effect on somebody, making kiddush between six and seven, if we say it's dangerous and it can hurt somebody, then we know that uh, that since the guest is not doing a mitzvah, he's not protected, so he's going to get hurt. And so now why am I doing kiddush between six and seven? To hurt the guest. Is that a mitzvah? No. So I'm not protected either. You understand this? It's a subtle point, but it's an interesting one. It says that when I make Kiddush between six and seven to help my guest, I'm hurting my guest because my guest doesn't have a mitzvah to shield him. And since I'm hurting my guest, I'm not doing a mitzvah either because a mitzvah of Achnas Zarechim is not hurting your guests. So the Rebbe says you absolutely cannot make this argument for a guest. I'm going to put a footnote on this and say, we're going to get back to this. There are situations where you definitely can make Kiddush between six and seven for a guest, but not this one. Not because you want to make things more convenient for your guests. Uh, but first, in order to understand when we can use that exception, we need to look at Shalom Bias. When it comes to Shalom Bias, we don't have anything explicit from the Rebbe. We do have a chuva from Rav Brian. Why do I say a chuva from Rav Brian? Well, if you go and ask the Rav.com, you will find his quick English answers to questions that are asked. But if you look below those English answers, sometimes he will write like six pages uh, explaining his psaq that he wrote in one sentence. And these are, for all intents and purposes, Shilas and Chuvas, and they're, they're, they're very well written. They're worth reading. Next time you check, ask the Rav, scroll down and, uh, and see what he writes in Hebrew. So Rav Brian writes about Shalom Bayis regarding Kiddush between six and seven. So when it comes to Shalom Bayis, Shalom Bayis Adib. Obviously, the most important thing is Shalom Bayis. Why? Because Shalom Bayis is a Daraisa, and this is a Minig. And if it's a Minig versus Daraisa, Shalom Bayis is going to win. We don't have to worry about any danger that will come from making Kiddush between six and seven in order to maintain Shalom Bayis and not have your wife and kids angry at you. Mishom Sheme Mitzvah. Because there is a rule that Mitzvah, somebody doing a Mitzvah, is protected from problems. What Rebbein explains here is something that I kind of said outside, which is that the rule of Sheme Mitzvah, that when I'm in the middle of a Mitzvah, I'm protected from any negative effects, only applies when you can't have both at the same time. So I can't have, if, 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 I, if, if I'm in a family where the family is going to argue if I make Kiddush between six and seven, excuse me, if I don't make Kiddush between six and seven, then I have a choice. I can either do the dangerous thing or the daraisa, but I can't have both. I can't have Shalom Bayis and my Minug. If I can't have both Shalom Bayis and my Minug, then I can't have, then what I'm also saying is I can't have both the Daraisa and the Minig. If I can't have the Daraisa and the Minig, choose the Daraisa. But in a lot of cases, that's not the way it comes out. In a lot of cases, I have a choice. In a lot of cases, I can do both the Daraisa and the Minig if I'm a little bit creative. So says the Rebbein, The reason why in general we don't say that the mitzvah of Kiddush protects us from Mazel Madim is because we can keep the mitzvah of Kiddush and also Keep the minag. How? By making Kiddush earlier and making Kiddush later. But in this case, but when there's a concern about Shalom Bayis, I can't do both at the same time. I have to choose. And if I have to choose, I'm going to choose the Mitzvah Daraisa. However, he says down here, but don't rely on this and try to avoid it however possible. What does that mean practically? Practically, it means we should be discussing with our wives, we should be discussing with our children and with anybody else in our house who maybe doesn't want shalom if uh, if we if we if we keep this minag, the importance of the minag, that minag and that minhage chabad are the thing that keeps us together, that keeps us strong throughout the generations, that there's a real basis to this to maybe have them listen to Shir number one, where we explain that there really is a that this is not a new minag, this goes all the way back to the Gemara concerned about Mazlamadim, that it's in the Shulchan Archarab. We should do whatever we can to explain to our families 
that that it's important not to make kiddush between six and seven. If, however, that fails, and the final decision is, am I going to keep the mitzvah daraisa of shalom bayis, or am I going to keep the minagiation is harim of not making kiddush under mazlamadim? The daraisa obviously wins, and not only does the daraisa win in that case, in that case, since the daraisa would be impossible with the minag, we're protected from the negative impacts of the minag by the daraisa. So that's the deal by shalom bayis. To summarize shalom bayis in a sentence. Convince your families not to make Kiddush between six and seven. If you really can't convince them, obviously the choice is Shalom bias over the minute. But that is only if you can't convince them otherwise. One more note. What about small children? Children have a lot of trouble waiting, especially if you're going to keep them up late. You're going to have them wait until uh, until after seven to make Kiddush. Maybe it's past their bedtimes. Maybe they'll be hungry. It is important to note that it is, uh, it is forbidden to not feed the kids before Kiddush. And it might be a mitzvah to feed the kids before Kiddush. We should specifically be feeding our children before Kiddush. This is in the Alta Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. You have this Shulchan Aruch Arav, 269.3. The Alta Rebbe says the following. It is mutter to feed a child food before Kiddush. Ben Shalayla Ben Shalyen. Generally speaking, we're not allowed to eat before Kiddush. But a child, it is mutter to give them food at before the night Kiddush and food before the day Kiddush. Vasala Neisei. And it's also to make them wait. It's also to make them suffer. If the kid says, I'm hungry, it's also to say to a child who's under bar mitzvah, hey, uh, you have to wait till Kiddush. If they're hungry, you have to feed them. Because generally speaking, parents have a rule that they that we are not allowed to feed children forbidden foods. But this only applies to foods that are intrinsically forbidden. But when the food is mutter, but it happens to be a time where the food is also. So it's food that is mutter, but I can't eat it right now because it's the time of Kiddush. Then it's mutter to give it to a child. As a matter of fact, we give kosher food to children on Yom Kippur for that same reason. Even a child who is not going to be in a sakana if he fasts, we feed children uh, kosher food as long as they are allowed to have it, even if it's in a time when, generally speaking, other people aren't allowed to have it. Point here is that not only is it not only are you allowed to feed children before Kiddush, uh, it might be usr, usr la it might be usr not to feed them before Kiddush. So if the issue in your family is not your wife, or if you're a wife listening, if the issue in the family is not your husband, if the issue isn't the adults, but the issue is the children, that the children will complain if they have to wait until after seven o'clock to hear Kiddush, then there's a very simple answer. And that answer is to feed them, not just mutter to feed them, probably obligated to feed them. So feed the kids before Kiddush. Absolutely feed the kids before Kiddush. Not only is that not a halachic problem, it is a possible chiyuv. So let's summarize everything we talked about today and all of the uh, possible heterim and the ways that we deal with different situations when it comes to Kiddush between six and seven. First of all, we said that if you are going to be lenient about Kiddush between six and seven, it's going to be for one of two reasons. It's either going to be because you believe that when you're doing the mitzvah of Kiddush or the mitzvah of Shalom Bayis or some particular mitzvah that you're not damaged by anything when you're doing that mitzvah. That's one reason. And the other one is Shem Psayim, that we believe that simple people who don't care about things like this generally are not harmed by them, that simple people are not harmed by things God protects them. Uh, I will note that the reason the Archa Shulchan gives that we don't do it because because Ein Mazel Yisrael is something that the Rebbe is Deich Yadaim. The Rebbe really does not like that answer. He doesn't quote the Archa Shulchan, but he pushes away that answer whenever people mention it in letters by saying that clearly the Gemara itself is concerned about Mazel Madim and people living in even in Eretz Yisrael, uh, in, in Babel, people in the Gemara are concerned about about Mazamadim. So there's no reason to say we shouldn't be concerned and they were concerned. That's a, that's a strange argument from the Archa Shulchan and a little difficult to understand in the first place. Uh, in Eretz Yisrael, we said most Chabad Puskim say that, that we should keep the same rules, uh, six to seven, no Kiddush. The Deb is clearly not happy with uh, not happy with those who don't. He offers justifications, but they're definitely shaky justifications. The Deb is generally not happy with people who aren't keeping this minig in Eretz Yisrael. When it comes to guests, we said there's a uh, room for leniency for some people. There's the Kutim but that leniency is not for us. We have the Deb saying to be strict uh, because 
you put your guest in danger. When you put your guest in danger, you're not doing a mitzvah anymore. The thing I wanted to point out at the end was that let's say that we have a guest who will leave and not be our guest if we don't make Kiddush between six and seven. Now we're back in the Shalom Bayes territory. Remember, the rule was, as we learned from Rev. Brian, regarding Shalom Bayes and regarding any Daraisa that's up against this minute, that if the two are impossible together, we choose the Daraisa. There's a Mitzvah Daraisa of Achnasus Arachim, and if that Mitzvah Daraisa will be impossible, if I don't make Kiddush between six and seven, then obviously I'm going to choose the Daraisa. So if you are running a Chabad house, or you have people coming to your house, you have guests who you want to uh, who you want to welcome in to do the Mitzvah of Achnasus Arachim, and they literally won't come or literally will leave, if you are not making Kiddush between six and seven, then that's very clear. That's a Daraisa versus a Minig, and we choose the Daraisa. But what would be more, what would be better is to explain to them the importance of not making Kiddush between six and seven, or otherwise structure the day so that the problem doesn't arise in the first place. This same principle applies, of course, to Shalom Bayis. Uh, Shalom Bayis being a Mitzvah Daraisa, we should try to explain or work around it in a way that will make it possible to have both Shalom Bayis and not Kiddush between six and seven. If that's not possible, the Daraisa is going to beat the Minag, because, and, and because the Daraisa beats the Minag, you'll have the additional protection of somebody keeping a Mitzvah being protected from negative outcomes. When it came to small children, we said, feed them, not just feed them because it's multi, but feed them possibly because it is obligatory and maybe also not to feed them. Okay, thank you all very much. Questions, comments? Um, I don't really have any questions. I think this was very thorough and I think it was very good. Um, the uh, I did have the question, but you answered it, which was about the difference between the Shalom Bayez question and a Hanasas uh, question. Um, but I guess the answer is that you could you could you could fulfill both with the Hanasas Zarech, but you just fulfill it an hour later. The other thing I, I think that uh, that is important is uh, maybe I don't know. It's a it's a, that a lot of times when it comes to these things, the reason why there is so much discord or pushback from 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 family members and everybody else is because they don't see it as being something genuine. And the minute it's something that's genuine and it's something they see, you know, if the husband's a chiddush guy, not, nobody in the family is going to say, yeah, come on, stop it, make kiddush now. I don't know. Just a thought. So a couple comments. Um, one is, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sully can back this up. Back in the day, there was never a discussion of the extra four minutes here, four minutes there. Would we include that in the Shemir Pesayim Hashem? That we keep six to seven, and the four minute leeway is pretty much whatever was became in a guess already. Because I think it's been a recent discovery of not, it's not a discovery of the time difference, but a discovery of people actually keeping these four minutes off. When I was younger, I never heard that in my life. And I think Sully mentioned this also once. It's one question. Yeah, um, I the other question. Either, and I definitely think it would fall under the Shem Um I, I this this was relatively new to me too. I think only in the past five years or so has this four minute thing. Uh, right. Uh, we always just did six to seven. Yeah, I'm with you. 